Hey guys, just a quick heads up about what you're getting into in this episode. So this is two different anatomy topics back to back. Uh, I took them both from videos that I made, so if you want to see the video version, I'll put those links below. But the first five minutes or so are going to be about GI tract anatomy, and then after that we'll transition and do female reproductive anatomy. As you've probably noticed, I have some other anatomy episodes here on the podcast, and in case you didn't know, there's also quite a few anatomy videos over on my YouTube channel, so feel free to check those out as well. FYI, the audio on this episode is not quite as good as usual because I was using a different microphone when I recorded these videos. I was traveling in Latin America, and so I didn't have my usual podcast microphone with me. Uh, But I think it's good enough. You can understand it, but that's why it sounds a little bit different than usual. One other thing, so recently I've mentioned several times about the high-yield beginner Spanish lessons that I'll email you if you want. I'll put a link to that again. And if you just want to not worry about the beginner lessons, but just maybe uh, sign up for my email newsletter, which I only send once in a while, but with some interesting updates or other resources that are available, you can do that at learnmedicalspanish.org newsletter. So feel free to do that if you're interested. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into this episode. In this video, I'll go over some anatomy of the GI tract in Spanish. So obviously this overlaps since I did an abdominal and pelvic anatomy uh, video once upon a time. Um, But there are also some differences and repetition is really good. That's pretty much how you learn is getting more practice, just kind of using the words more and then you'll remember them. All right, so I'm going to say each one in English and then I'll say it in Spanish a couple times. And here's the first term, starting from the mouth and we'll work our way down. So how do you say mouth? La boca. La boca. And each time we say a term, let's put the word the in front of it because you usually do that in Spanish. So 90 plus percent of the time, you're going to want to say the body part instead of just whatever the body part is. All right, so next is throat. La garganta, la garganta, esophagus, el esófago, el esófago, stomach, el estómago, El estómago. And then we'll do a few things that are kind of attached to the GI tract, right, since they're quite relevant. So next one is pancreas. El pancreas. El pancreas. Liver. El hígado. El hígado. Gallbladder. La vesícula. La vesícula. And notice that says la vesícula biliar. So optionally you can add biliar to make it especially clear and specific. But... You should be fine with just vesicula. All right, what about small intestine? 
or rather the thin intestine. El intestino delgado. El intestino delgado. Okay, so what about large intestine, or rather thick intestine? El intestino grueso. El intestino grueso. All right, so here's another one. What about colon, if you want to say colon in Spanish? El colon. El colon. So you might hear people say colon, but I'm pretty sure that's wrong. Um, if, if, I'm wrong if I'm wrong about that, let me know in the comments. But even Google Translate says colon, but I think that's just a mistake because the word colon is so common in Spanish, and for some reason they stick with that pronunciation. But since there's no accent mark on the on either of the O's, you'd go to the second to last syllable and stress that, which would be colon. So, you know, unless there's some secret mystery about that, but it seems like the internet doesn't know how to pronounce that, or at least Google doesn't know how to pronounce it. All right, so the next one is rectum. El recto. El recto. Which could be a little confusing since recto also means straight, just happens to have multiple meanings. So, just FYI. And what about anus? El ano. El ano. So, that word is the reason why you always need to put the tilde on the N ye when you write año. <laughs> And you need to pronounce it correctly so that those words don't end up sounding the same. All right. Um, so I've got a playlist here with a bunch of other anatomical videos. If you want to keep practicing anatomy, it's super useful to know in any, you know, medical setting. If you're talking to Spanish patients, just to know how to say all the different organs and things like that. So check that out. Got a beginner, play, play, uh, beginner Spanish playlist here, super beginner friendly, super high yield. And then another one below about medical Spanish dialogues. All right. Thanks for watching. Greetings from Medellin, Colombia, where I'm currently traveling. In this video, I'm going to go over some anatomical terms related to the female reproductive system. So I don't have the very best audio here because I'm by a noisy street and some other different factors, but I'll, always, I'll put all the words on the screen so you can kind of sound them out as well in addition to listening to them. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and get into it. I'll, I'll give you the terms in English and then in Spanish a couple times, and ideally you'd say it out loud if you're in, if you're in a place where you can do that each time that I say it in Spanish. All right, so we'll start with a general term, which is genitals. How do you say genitals in Spanish? Or the genitals. We're going to put the in front of everything. Los genitales. Los genitales. 
So the reason we're putting the in front of everything is because that's what you typically do with body parts in Spanish. 90% of the time or more, you're going to use the. So figure out whether to use el or la or los or las. All right, so next is vulva. How do you say vulva in Spanish? La vulva. La vulva. So as you can see, it's spelled exactly the same, so you just have to pronounce it using the correct vowel sounds and other sounds in Spanish. All right, so the next one is clitoris. El clitoris. El clitoris. So again, spelled the same, but you got to use the correct uh, vowel sounds and other sounds, and in this case, you... That has an accent mark, so you emphasize the first syllable. All right, so we're sort of working our way from the outside of the body to the inside of the body, so the next one is vagina. La vagina. La vagina. Cervix. El cervix. El cervix. So again, they're with the you know same spelling as English, but you gotta figure out how to pronounce it correctly. All right, what about uterus? El útero. El útero. All right, how about fallopian tubes? Las Trompas de falopio. Las trompas de falopio. So as you can tell, that sounds like trumps or trumpets. So that's a, maybe an easy way to remember, help you remember that kind of. All right, so what about ovaries? Los ovarios. Los ovarios. And this isn't technically an anatomical term, but what about pregnancy? How do you say pregnancy in Spanish? El embarazo. El embarazo. Which, as you can tell, is quite similar to the word for pregnant. What's the word for pregnant? Embarazada. Embarazada. Yeah, so useful to know both of those when you're talking about pregnancy and things like that. Um, and let's throw in one more. Um, so this word, what's the word for uh, delivery? Like a birth or delivery. El parto. El parto which is also related to the word for miscarriage, which would be malparto, malparto. Okay, so hopefully that was helpful. I mean, it overlaps a little bit with some other 
information I've shared in the past, like abdominal anatomy, but obviously there's some differences as well. And I've got a playlist here with a bunch of other similar anatomy videos if you want to keep brushing up on your anatomy and some other really beginner-friendly videos for uh, about basic Spanish stuff. And then down below, you can find a playlist with some medical Spanish dialogues, like asking about, you know, abdominal pain and chest pain and kind of figuring out all the details. All right. Thanks for watching. The Learn Medical Spanish podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to see your own medical providers. It also is not a substitute for using a medical interpreter when needed.